0: Here we go. It's another big week in the NFL for the New Orleans Saints. This is the Saints Wire podcast powered by USA Today Sports. Here's your
1: host, Ryan O'Leary and Saints Wire editor, John Siegler. Okay, John. The Saints figure out the 49ers. wasn't easy early on, but it was really a good a good day for the defense and special teams. They found a way to win another ball game. I think the big news right now is obviously Drew Brees. Who this is kind of a crazy story, and and I know Tony Romo had a had a game like this back in the day where he, he had a broken rib that punctured his lung, and they they shot him up, and he kept playing. And it, this is similar with Drew Brees. He's got fra- he's got all these fractured ribs, a collapsed lung. It, it doesn't seem like it's anything like super serious, and then all of a sudden ESPN's Coming out, reporting four or five broken ribs. This is craziness. Uh, what are you hearing right now on on Breeze, the latest on him and his injury?
2: Yeah, so initially the Saints uh, said that it was a rib contusion. It's just a, just a bone bruise, nothing Nothing too serious. If you go back and watch Breeze's co- post-game press conference, he was very subdued. He was out there, clearly in a lot of discomfort. Yeah. And that makes much more sense now that we've had these reports from ESPN, uh, Ed Werder, Adam Schefter, breaking some news there about the specifics. Um, after Breeze went through an MRI on Monday, so it's like you said, four or five fractured ribs. The collapsed lung issue is very serious, I mean, and that's not very common for borderbacks. Um, it's not something not, not something Breeze has experienced uh, in his career. So fortunately, he was able to return home. Um, he's not been hospitalized or anything like that. He, he's been he's undergoing some treatment. The main issue is going to be him being unavailable for the next few weeks. Uh, The Saints have been optimistic that he can return in two to three weeks. Greece is currently seeking a second opinion on this uh, here on Tuesday, so injured reserve is on the table. That's an option uh, that initially the Saints were hoping to avoid. Uh, fortunately for them, the way the schedule breaks out, uh, they've got four games coming up against three, three opponents. They'll play the Falcons twice, but none of those teams have a winning record right now. It's, it's, of those three teams, they've combined, they, they each have three victories yeah. on their own uh, here on the season, so it's a, it's a very winnable slate. It, it's about as favorable a situation as you could hope for to have to be unavailable um, at, at quarterback, and fortunately, the Saints have a better backup this year in Jameis Winston than they had last year in Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, if you if you look at where these two guys are in in their respective positions and filling in for Brees, I, I feel much better having Jameis under center now than I did having Teddy in the same spot a year ago.
1: That was going to be my next question, John. Right? Because now we got to figure out what Sean Payton going to do. I'm sure he's going to mess around with us a little bit and, and maybe not tell us. I'm not sure if he's officially announced that Jameis is going to start. He could get really nutty with this taste. Hill experience, do some type of 50-50 thing. We know that he said, you know, it seems like Taysom Hill is the future for the Saints, but we don't know what he's going to do here in the interim. And going by what they did against the 49ers, it was kind of Jameis in, in, in that backup role, playing quarterback, in the Drew Brees role, sprinkling in more Taysom Hill. Is that what you're anticipating?
2: No, I think we're going to lean much heavier towards uh, Jameis Winston. Just looking at what happened last year, Winston Brees was on ice for five weeks. Yeah, So, Winston, excuse me, Hill, Payson is able to get out there, be position versatile, do a lot of different things, see some heavy snap counts when the Saints are dressing all three quarterbacks. When they're down to just two guys like they are now, and like they were last year with Bridgewater starting, Payson really took it back. He, he really filled in strictly as that backup the quarterback. You know, we did not see him running rough. We did not see him uh, mixing it up on special teams. Didn't see him throwing a lot of blocks on offense. Um, he was, His job was to uh, stay warmed up on the sidelines and be ready to go in in an emergency in the pinch, And I think that's going to be the case again, especially with someone who has as many skins on the wall in the NFL as Jameis Winston. Yeah, he catches a lot of flag for leading perhaps for, for the interceptions last year. That's a Bruce Arians problem. That's not a, a Jameis Winston issue. Agreed. Everywhere Arians has gone, his quarterbacks have had career highs and interceptions thrown. I mean, he had to have Tom Brady, the greatest of all time, uh, break that trend. I mean, that's just, that's just a Bruce Arian staple of uh, no risk, at no biscuit. Results in a lot of turnovers, and he likes to take that on his quarterbacks. But it's an issue for him everywhere he's been. So I'm not ex- I'm not expecting Jameis to come out and you know look like Aaron Brooks out there throwing interceptions all over the place. And I say that as an Aaron, as someone who grew up as an Aaron Brooks fan. Um, I, 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 I do like Jameis in this spot in this offense. Uh, with you know he started 70 games in the NFL. When Teddy Bridgewater was in the same position, he'd only started 28 games. And Jameis is not coming off of a career-threatening injury where he had to spend several years just getting back into football shape. He's a franchise quarterback in this league, and he's someone who can win games by himself. He's someone that can win games for you. I'm very intrigued to see what the Saints offense looks like after a week of practice with him, just because he has a better arm than Drew Brees. He can open up the offense in different ways. He can stress defenses downfield. Now, that's not all necessarily the same thing as saying he's a better quarterback than Drew Brees right now, because if you were, he'd be starting. Um, he's not as accurate as Drew. He does have some decision-making issues, he can be a bit turnover-prone. I think that was exaggerated under Arians last year, but that has been an issue for him throughout his career. And like you said, Sean Payton has not made that official yet. Um, I expect him to kind of, kind of lead us along a little over the, over the next few days go, throughout this game week. He's not going to want to tip his hand and say that Jameis or Taysom is getting the start or that they may try some weird 50-50 split. I would not anticipate that. Based off what we saw last year during Breeze's absence, I'm fully anticipating Winston to see the majority of stats quarterback on Sunday against the
1: Falcons. For people that play fantasy football, maybe they they hate their quarterback, John, in their lineup. And you look and, like, should I pick up Taysom Hill, who might get some, you know, maybe we'll see, like, our first slash player in a long time. I know Taysom is a, a tight end in ESPN fantasy. He's a quarterback in Yahoo. And I feel like he should be some type of slash, right? Like, you should be able to play him in your quarterback spot or tight end or receiver, like, You should be able to move them around in your lineup. So it's going to be interesting to see if the Taysom Hill snap counts go up, how that affects fantasy football. And for people going into this week against the Falcons, who are, are terrible on defense, should you pick up Javis Winston or should you, you know spend that waiver claim on Taysom Hill I, I, they're both available in my league so my 14 team league so it's like should I kick the tires on one of these guys? Like, You know that's an interesting question going into next week.
2: Yeah and I'll, you know that is, that is an interesting wrinkle to all of this um, the, band, the fantasy angle. Uh, ESPN announced uh, Monday night that they will change Taysom Hill's position from tight end to quarterback if he ends up playing more snaps uh, as a quarterback rather than a tight end. So that's something to monitor. As far as waiver claims this week, I would definitely roll with Jameis instead of Taysom. Just because I, he has he has the better arm, he'll get more opportunities to rack up points as a passer. And he has a favorable matchup against the Falcons. I know that the Falcons have been on the hot streak since uh, naming Raheem Morris interim head coach. But if you go back and look at Jameis Winston's splits against each of his NFC South rivals during his time with, with Tampa Bay, he had his best games against Atlanta. Um, he had a, go back and look at his touchdown to interceptions ratios against Carolina and New Orleans and Atlanta. You know, it, it's near even, I think it looms closer more to the interceptions uh, there with Carolina, and New Orleans. But against Atlanta, he was averaging 25 touchdowns. He totaled 25 touchdowns at just nine interceptions. I mean, he was very successful against the Falcons defense in his time with the Bucs. And he has a very good supporting cast here in New Orleans, arguably better than what he had in Tampa Bay for much of his tenure. So he certainly has a better plate caller now. You know, just looking at his resume, looking at what he has to work with now, I I really like this matchup. Uh, when I did my score predictions for the remaining half of the season, with Breeze, you know, I, I saw this as a, a trap game. This, is a, this could be somewhere the Saints get tripped up, and that's often been the case against the Falcons, where you go in and it could be a coin so You know, throw the records out. These are two teams that know each other very well, that enjoy playing against each other because it's a chance to hurt their division rival. And with Breeze under center, you know, the Falcons have found a winning formula before. They tripped up the Saints last year coming out of the bye week. Uh, 26 to nine. It, it was probably the worst loss of the year for New Orleans last season because he couldn't even say injuries were an issue. This time around, you know Jameis, he's, he's a wild card. He's had success against the, the same Falcons defense, against the same Falcons uh, coordinators, these coaches, these these players. And the Falcons don't have much game tape to rely on. You know they they saw him playing a of through breeze this past week there in the second half, but that's not very informative because. John Payton is going to tailor his offense to Jameis Winston over this next week. And it's going to look different. They're going to use different packages, different
0: routes, different combinations of personnel. And I think he can really air it out against Atlanta. All
1: right, we'll pick this conversation up on the other side. We'll be right back.
0: Fantasy football is about proving that
1: you are better than your friends.
0: Sit up, start them. These are the fantasy picks of the week. It will kill me if this game ends at a tie. I need this win. This game's pretty much done. With Corey Bonini from thehuddle.com.
3: Corey Benigni with Huddle.com here to talk to you about fantasy football strong plays for week 11 of the NFL season. Quarterback Jameis Winston versus the Atlanta Falcons. Winston replaces Drew Brees, who's injured and is going to miss at least several weeks. The former Tampa Bay quarterback has plenty of weapons, the familiarity with this week's opponent, and it doesn't hurt that Atlanta has given up the second most passing yards and the most touchdowns to quarterbacks in 2020. You'll see some Taysom Hill worked in as usual, but Winston is a strong play and has a lot on the line. Running back DeAndre Swift of the Detroit Lions is moving into that must-start territory. He was officially designated the starter prior to last week's game, and Swift averaged 5.1 yards per carry on his 16 totes, adding another 68 yards and a score in five receptions. Up next is the Carolina defense, one that was slashed last week by Ronald Jones, and he was the sixth back to get at least 25 PPR points in 10 games this year. No team has allowed more catches to the position in 2020. Another guy coming off a strong performance in Week 10, Willie Sneed of the Baltimore Ravens versus the Tennessee Titans. Averaging six targets in his last three games, Sneed's increase in action has finally paid off with a pair of scores against the Patriots Sunday night. He has Lamar Jackson's trust in all settings and is their go-to clutch receiver. Tennessee has given up huge receiving results in the last five weeks and mostly throughout 2020. This is by far the best matchup for receptions, 25 more than second place, and it's number two for yardage gains. Seven touchdowns have been scored by wide receivers in the last five games. Washington football team tight end Logan Thomas versus the Cincinnati Bengals. He has at least four targets in every game this year and 12 in the last two weeks. Even with a two-game scoreless streak, Thomas has scored 10-plus PPR points in three of his last four games. Prior to holding Eric Ebron to a 38-yard game in Week 10, a contest in which Pittsburgh's receivers destroyed Cincinnati all over the field, the Bengals had given up six touchdowns to tight ends in the previous four contests. Thomas makes for a sneaky play if you're desperate for a tight end. For more fantasy football tips, news, and advice, be sure to check out thehuddle.com. It always worry
1: about halftime because you sit for so long, you know, and so um, when I came out the second half and, and started throwing the ball, um, it became really apparent that um, I wasn't going to be effective. And you, you touched on it, John, last segment. You can hear it in Drew Brees' voice just uh, a little bit down. He knows there's something wrong. He probably doesn't know exactly what it is, but he knows that it's not something good. To hear the, what the injury was was really shocking this week, right? I mean, I did—I just did not think it would be that serious of an injury, just given the fact that he did play through it for a little while, and then he did talk to the media afterwards. It just didn't seem like it would be this huge, serious injury that's, you know, that, that's, collapsed lung is scary. That, 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 one's, that one's tough, and I know Drew uh, did tweet that, you know, quote, he'll be back in no time, but... Fractured ribs, that takes time to heal, and you can't just like pump your lung back up and play some football, right? I mean, like, it's going to be interesting to see how long the Saints are without their franchise quarterback. it's That's going to be something we're going to be talking about for weeks.
2: Yeah, this is, this is going to be the dominant conversation, and in a couple of different ways, this is the worst case scenario for, for the Saints, it, it, which is kind of funny to say after I just typed up Candace uh, Winston just a few minutes
0: ago. <laughs> right, right, right.
2: Um, because not only are the Saints without Drew Brees, now they're Putting Winston out there, he's going to put up several games pay for a tape for quarterback teams to study in the offseason. And the Saints were really hoping to avoid that, um, both because you know that they're a better team with, with uh, number nine in the lineup, and also they really view uh, Winston as someone who could compete to replace Breeze, which uh, to take some in, in the in the summer next year. And part of that strategy relied on Winston not getting much exposure, not showing how much he's grown as a passer, as a quarterback, and now he's going to get that opportunity. His price tag is going to go up here in free agency. It's a very complicated situation. There's a lot of moving parts, and I'm really curious to see how it plays out.
1: No doubt, and and you did mention this. I did, I did see your article where you kind of picked through the rest of the Saints schedule, even without Drew Brees here for the next, let's call it, two to four weeks, and that's what we hope it is, and I'll say why here coming up. You mentioned it—the three-win thing. All the opponents have three wins, John. If you go all the way down the list, and I'm sure you know this: Falcons, Denver Falcons, Philly. Let's skip the let's skip the Kansas City Chiefs, and then go to Vikings, Carolina. So six of your next six of your final seven opponents all have three wins right now. They all have three in the win column going into Week 11. So that's that's a crazy thing. Like six of your final seven opponents all under 500, and all kind of. Multiple games under 500, so the schedule does kind of you know. Sean Payton's going to go out there and futz around with his quarterback, with Taysom, with with Jameis Winston. I, I guess these are the weeks to do it, right? It's, I mean, you got a chance here to kind of keep it going, keep in contention for that number one seed, and not let a team like Tom Brady and those Bucks come out, come up and uh, nip you there and get you. Let's hope that Drew Brees can hopefully come back week 15 for that big showdown game against the Kansas City Chiefs because that's that is the only opponent that you circle right now and say that's a big showdown. Now I know we got some rivalry games and stuff here with with the Falcons, but still, I still kind of expect the Saints to win as you do. So uh, that's what I'm hoping for right now. I'm hoping Breeze can heal up, Jameis and Taysom can kind of figure it out in the meantime, and Sean Payton can figure it out. And then week 15, Breeze is back, Patrick Mahomes, that whole thing. We get to do that thing. That's kind of where I'm at.
2: You know, the phrase that comes to mind is breezing the runway, (laughs) and this this really seems to make it, really seems to lay out the path to the playoffs for the Saints. You know, as you said, six of the next seven, seven games are matchups with teams with losing with losing records right now. but that's a very winnable stretch. You know, it's a great opportunity for Jay, for Jameis Winston to show what he can do with Michael Thomas, with Manny Sanders, without Alvin Camara, really open up the offense and and show, showcase himself, put the Saints in good position to win football games, uh, continue to build on that record as this playoff picture continues to take shape. And it's really important that the Saints don't trip up here. And this is going to show us a lot about this team. It's going to show us whether the defense can be relied on in these high leverage situations in these winnable games. It's going to show us here, you know, if they really are Super Bowl contenders because they should win six of these seven next games. They should arguably, you know, win against the Chiefs as well. I mean, you have to like their chances there in the Superdome with the crowd of fifteen thousand. It's just favorable matchups all the way down. And if the Saints trip up, if they're not able to win these games, if they're unable to push the envelope, then no, they're, they're probably not the Super Bowl contenders that we've, we've been talking about them as for months and months. But, you know, based off how they played against the 49ers, uh, just, just how well the defense stepped up, how well the defense has been stepping up in recent weeks. I really like
1: their chances. Anything outside of twelve and four, if it's anything worse than that, I think we we can be really, really critical of the team because I just don't expect that. I I don't think you do either, John. Like the Saints kind of showed it on Sunday, right? I mean, I love Drew Brees and he's the leader, but he hasn't been the best offensive player for the Saints this year. It's been it's been Chimera, right? So they still you still have your best player. You just got to figure out the quarterback thing against teams that I think across the board you'll still be favored against. Like you're favored at home against the Falcons, no matter who's playing quarterback. I don't think Vegas cares. It's still four and a half spread to start. Saints are still favored, right? So. Definitely can lean on on that piece You can lean on the program that you have Over in New Orleans when things like this happen Typically doesn't fall off the rails for those Saints They typically figure it out just like against the 49ers in that second half. And I mentioned it earlier. Big day for the special teams in in the defense, right? Now, it helps when the 49ers can't receive a punt. like That that definitely helps, John, right? Like, when they can't catch the freaking football uh, on a punt, and and that certainly can swing a game. But what'd you like about that thing? Like, the Saints defense kind of came out, and I don't want to say it was like this big, loud statement. They're going up up against Nick Mullins and stuff. They're going up against a 49ers team with a a ton of injuries. But still, they kind of were pretty good in that game, right? And that was, you know, I remember a big kick return as well that the Saints had. that kind of got a drive jump started, so It it was a good defense special teams thing, and and if those units can continue to play well, which I expect them to, the Saints should win these games. They really should.
0: Yeah,
2: this game was a great example of complementary football where the defense was getting stopped, special teams were making plays, they were stealing some possessions on those takeaways, and the offense was successful. You know, they, they, they converted a lot of third downs. They... Cashed in on three of their four trips into the red zone. Again, thanks to Alvin Kamara, the, the offensive player of the year. I know that award has not been handed out yet. The votes have not been cast. <laughs> Give it to him. Um, but he's he the guy. Alvin Cook certainly was not inspiring on Monday night. I mean, that's Alvin Kamara's award to lose, and it, it's really impressive. To see him stepping up this way after Michael Thomas uh, did much the same last year when he won the award, when Camara was injured, when Breeze was injured. Now look where we are. Thomas missed a lot of the time, Breeze is injured again, and Camara is stepping up. And, you know, it's just a great sign of where he is after getting that big, after signing that huge contract extension right before the season started. This is Camara's team, and we saw that on the 49ers, a great moment was when Kamara was the guy to run over when C.J. Gardner-Johnson uh, had an arm injury late in the game, which he said afterwards he, he was he was fine. It's nothing serious. Full no for, for certain on Wednesday's injury report. But when Gardner-Johnson went down, Kamara ran over and escorted him to the sideline and was hyping him up and uh, right there with showing up for his teammates. So that's that's the kind of leader he is. He's someone that the Saints can lead on. If the offense can just make the most of their opportunity that the defense can continue to step up that the special teams can continue to step up yeah the saints should win all should win most of their games here down the stretch and contend for
0: that first seed
1: all right saints at home to play the falcons we'll get into that game more coming up next
0: it's that time again for the line of the week The inside track to the favorites, the underdogs, and the over-unders. I think I want my money back. Now, here are Jeff Clark and Esten McLaren from USA Today's Sportsbook Wire.
3: Hello, I'm Esten McLaren of SportsbookWire.com and Bet Slippin' Podcast. I'm joined by Jeff Clark to break down all you need to know to bet on the Week 11 Monday Night Football game between the Los Angeles Rams and Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The Buccaneers come in favored by three and a half points on home field. They beat the Carolina Panthers 46-23 last week. The Rams, they're three and a half point underdogs after their 23-16 win over the Seattle Seahawks. Jeff, how are you feeling about this one? Give me the better coach and the better defense with the Los Angeles Rams. People took Sean McVay for granted and weren't high on the Rams before the season started, but he's got them tied for first place in the NFC West. And I still think the Rams are undervalued. And who's even got the best defense in this game? Rams give up the second fewest points per game and the fewest yards per attempt to opposing quarterbacks. I'm on the Rams plus three and a half. It's very evenly matched. You're dead on there. The Buccaneers, they have more offensive weapons for the Rams to cover. They keep them busy. They win by four points. All odds courtesy of BetMGM. Subscribe to and Podcast on your favorite app. Please be sure to rate and review. <laughs>
1: John, what do you think about this line? Saints open up as a, I'm not sure if they opened up actually, but right now they're at a four and a half point spread, even with Drew Brees out against this Falcons team, which as you mentioned, they've been winning some games. They've been playing better football. It's hard to believe that that happened right after Dan Quinn got the boot. They finally fired Dan Quinn, give give the reins to a new head coach and, Oh, shocking! They're 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 playing better football. Oh, uh, uh, who could have seen that coming? Gosh! But uh, yeah, who have thought it? Yeah, yeah. Seriously. But what do you think? What's your opening thoughts on that spread? Right now, Vegas is going to make it tricky on us here. We're not exactly sure what we're going to see on Sunday. What kind of what what's Sean Payton going to do, man? He he could do all kinds of different things with these quarterbacks. We know it. We've seen it. What do you think about four four and a half? If that's what it stays at, yeah,
2: I think that's a good number. Um, it won't sh- It would not shock me if this game is a little a little closer to that. If it's not a very high scoring affair. I like to think that Peyton is going to enjoy having a quarterback with a stronger arm who can push the ball further downfield, and he's going to air it out. I I I like to think that would be the case, but it would not shock me at all if the Saints... Played a little more conservatively, which is what we saw in the second half against San Francisco. Um, they were running the ball frequently, especially on first down. They were running a lot of power football, just trying to run off the clock, uh, try and limit possessions for the opposing team. I think that might be that could be the approach we see again against Atlanta on Sunday. And the Falcons have an offense that can stress the Saints' defense. You know, they've got two excellent receivers in Julio Jones and Calvin Ridley. Marshawn Lattimore is known for his rivalry with Mike Evans, but he has had some terrific games against Julio Jones in the past as well. You know, they have both had their victories in that matchup. This is a great test for him. I know that he exited the Saints game uh, against the Niners with a, I believe it was a quad injury. I could be mistaken on that. Uh, he was questionable to return, and he did not return, but he was on the sideline uh, Chatting it up with his teammates didn't appear to be severely limited or anything like that. So we'll know more once the once the injury report comes out. But right now, I'm assuming he'll play against Julio, and that would be the heavyweight fight in this matchup. Calvin Ridley, he, he has been outstanding this year as a vertical threat for Matt Ryan. Um, I expect Atlanta to try and pick on the Marcus Williams deep downfield, the which they've had success against him in the past. He's also won his share of battles, so this should be a fairly evenly matched contest. If the Saints are going to pull away, I think it would be because Jameis Winston chose the Atlanta some things they haven't seen from the Saints before. But I'll say I'll, I'll take the under, and I'll, I'll I'll say the Saints win by a, win by a field goal here.
1: I like it. Okay, that's so that's a little different than what I'm reading in your article here, John. But we I won't give you too much crap about that. Okay, I think you picked him, <laughs> I think you picked the win by eight, but okay, no, we're not gonna I'm not gonna give you crap about that. No, uh, but I'm glad you just said that because so Jameis comes over to the Saints and there's this funky offseason, right? And you know he he can't be getting a lot of reps throughout the season with Drew Brees and Taysom Hill taking reps, right? So, I wonder how much of the offense he has right now, right? Like, it's going to be interesting if, like, if he is the guy and he's going to get the majority of the snaps, it's going to be interesting to see how much of the offense he has right now, and he's a different guy than Brees. He's just a little bit of a different guy, as you've been talking about. So, like, he could do a, you know, you might want to run a little bit of different style with a Jameis Winston than you would with a Drew Brees. Uh, you know, just, just a different quarterback and a lot of different ways so that piece is going to be interesting as well
2: yeah it's it's very interesting because with, with him you know you can hit more areas of the field you can you can use your players in different ways you know because right now manny sanders has been he's been more of a slot specialist for the saints uh than running outside which is a similar usage to chris godwin which was a Pro Bowl receiver that Winston worked with in Tampa Bay. You can you can use Manny Sanders more less as a possession receiver and more as somebody who's moving the chains, who is making big plays, who is streaking downfield. It's fascinating, and Winston might be one of the most high variance quarterbacks in football, uh, just with his ability to throw a, a tremendous seventy yard touchdown pass on one play, and then throw a boneheaded interception on the next. No doubt, um, and that you know that high variance kind of lends. To the Saints and Falcons rivalry, where it hasn't hasn't never really mattered which team has had the better record, which team has been what their win streak has been. The other squad; they, they, these teams know each other so well. That they could win by eight points, they could win by three points. That they they, they could lose by fifteen. I mean, or seventeen even. It's been so variable in in the outcomes, and it's must-watch TV. You know, the the only complaint I have about this game is that it's not in a better time slot.
1: (laughs) No doubt. All right. So the latest on Drew Brees. Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill, Sean Payton, all these. Just the latest will be on the Saints' Wire, so make sure you're checking that out. John, we'll see what happens, my man. We'll, We'll break it all down next week. Sound good?
0: Sounds great, Ryan. We'll see you on the other side.